Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. know that you can now get access to more of my content education support and guidance in the new thrive community platform thrive is a place to connect with like-minded individuals who are all on the journey of living alcohol free you can gain access to materials and a video library of toolkit ideas which will help keep you grounded as well as boost your emotional sobriety It's a place to celebrate milestones, big or small, and connect with me directly via weekly lives and a weekly Q&A session in Zoom. No matter where you are in your quest to live a happy, free and sober life, there is plenty to gain from Thrive. Membership is just £20 a month and none of the internal tools are gated, so you won't be asked to pay more for courses and tools once you're in there. Please head over to www.sassysobermum.com slash thrive or click the link in my Insta bio. Look forward to seeing you. Hello and welcome to Sober Stories from Everyday People. Today, <laughs> today I am delighted to welcome Christy, who's in London. Uh, she's going to be celebrating three years sober in March and uh, Christy is a special guest because we've been following e- each other for a while and kind of cheering each other on on the sidelines. And it's just so lovely uh, to actually get to speak to you face to face today, Christy. So thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Yeah, this is so fun. I'm so excited about this. Thank you for for having me. And it's been so fun watching your journey. I love your Instagram so much. It's awesome. (laughs) Oh, don't, don't. You give me a big head. (laughs) That's, That's lovely. Thank you. So let's jump in then. Why don't you tell us a bit about who you are and your background? And yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, sure thing. So um, I'm originally from LA, but I've lived in London for the past 15 years. Um, I grew up just, um, you know, like the first time I ever had a drink or anything was was late in high school. So senior year, um, had some tequila with my best friend, thought it was disgusting, um, didn't want anything to do with it, was really like hell bent on getting into like a good college And, um, I was scared of like lack of control. I really liked being in control. (laughs) And so, and so I went kind of through university at the uh, university of Southern California. And then I went on to law school. Um, and when I was in law school, I studied um, abroad here in the UK in London and I fell in love with it. And I was like, I have to live here somehow. (laughs) Oh, Um, yeah. So, um, then we moved over here. I met my husband in law school. And we moved over um, right after we graduated. He got a job. I ended up working in Parliament um, for a little bit. Yeah, which was so fun. And then kind of like did a whole bunch of things not related to law. (laughs) Um, I started a blog back then called American Girl in Chelsea. And it was for... um, for women from the U.S. that had moved to London that kind of wanted a cert- like a survival guide of sorts. 
And so that's when I like fell in love with writing and posting and got, you know, that's what Instagram was like, you know, first started kicking off. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so did that. And then, um, yeah, I think over the course of kind of those years, there was definitely like uptick in my drinking for different reasons. I think like in law school, um, it definitely was a a stress reliever, right? Mm. Um, something that I lent into because I was really overwhelmed with all the work I had to do. And then when we moved to the UK, I mean, <laughs> and I'm sure you hear this too, where like every, every city that you talk to a person, they're like, this is, I live in Dallas. I live in Boston. I live in, you know, wherever it's the booziest city yes. in the world. Yes. And I'm like, London might take the cake on all, <laughs> on all can, of you. <laughs> I can imagine. I can, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was very much like meet at the, when I moved over here, meet at the pub, you know, all of the American like women's club groups that I joined to make friends was always about meeting at the pub. So then it was like, you know, again, an uptick in the drinking because I was, you know, living in a new country. My husband was working at a big law firm and I, you know, he wasn't home very often. So to make friends, it was all about meet at the pub, drinking, drinking. Um, and I didn't see any problem with it. And I didn't, I didn't, um, at that time, like definitely didn't flag it as it, as it getting in the way, I guess. Um, and then I had kids, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and so, uh, had my daughter, she's now 12, um, definitely like fell into the mommy wine juice trap, um, used it as a reward, used it as a coping mechanism, all those things. Didn't see it, but definitely was using it as that. I remember one night um, we got a night nurse in because she was like, my daughter just was not sleeping. And instead of like using the night nurse, who was obviously a fortune for one night, but I was like, I just need to sleep. I sat in my room with a massive bottle of red wine. And I just, I was like, this is what I need. I need mm-hmm. this time to like shut off and, 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 and as opposed to actually sleep. Yeah. I was just sitting in there with my iPad or whatever, watching some stupid real housewife show drinking wine yeah. because that's the, the break that I thought I needed. You yes. know, I know yes. you can totally relate to that. One. Oh, I, it makes my hair stand on end to be honest. Cause I, I just, yeah, I, I did exactly the same thing. Christy, uh, when the kids were down, it's like, Oh God, thank God for that relief. Let's go downstairs. Let's get, let's get the wine open. Let's just sit in front of the telly or listen to music or sit in my bed. The same, just mm-hmm. bedside table, you know, big, big mm-hmm. bottle of Malbec. That was my, yep. my oh, yeah. Malbec. <laughs> I love Malbec. And um, yeah, and I just, that was my, that was my wind down, my switch off. And obviously back then you don't realize really what the implications are of that. You don't think about the next day and the fogginess and the, the anger that you're going to have with your kid or your kids, you know, you just, you just, like you say, you associate that time so much with winding down reward. It's just for me, something just for me, finally, yeah. this long day. It's it's so dangerous, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree with everything you just said. And it definitely then magnified when I had my second, um, second child who was Carter, my son, now 10, he was premature and like wasn't like didn't didn't see that coming it was a very like um, traumatic emergency c-section and I had which of course you you never I mean I'm sure people may know it at the time I didn't know it at the time that I had really bad postpartum where mm-hmm. I was just wasn't connecting with him didn't even care to be in the same room with him 
um, which was scary because I was so obsessed with my daughter, my first one. And so it was again, you know, then using, using the wine for all the same things, but then in addition, I think using it for, because of the shame of like Mm -hmm. feeling like, why don't even, I don't even understand why I'm feeling like this and why am I so down? Like he's healthy. We made it out. We're okay. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, so there was definitely an uptick in the drinking and I, I, I realized that it wasn't like, it wasn't going in a right, in the right direction. I think then, because I think for the first time I realized I was using it not just to have fun and connect with people, which as we know, it doesn't work anyways, but as you know, as something to like really relieve and check out and numb out and not be present. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about that. I, I, I wonder actually how many mums go through that sort of thing. And I mean, I do think, and maybe you agree with this actually, but I do, I do think that we are raising awareness about postpartum depression and, and, and difficulties, especially following challenging childbirths. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I re- rarely meet someone that says, Oh my God, my birth was just wonderful. I mean, it does happen, but a lot of people that I know or friends and even myself, you know, I've, I've, I've had challenging, um, frightening births as well. It, it's, it's, there's just so many emotions and there's so much fear and anxiety wrapped up in that whole process and I do think that there is that pressure isn't there to just be like right here's your baby connect it's the best thing it should be the best day of your life it's the best thing that's Mm -hmm. happened to you Mm -hmm. and if you don't feel those feelings I can really understand that you must feel so much sadness and shame like you said like why don't I feel this way and I wonder how many women over the years much worse actually when our parents were probably a lot younger because there wasn't really any mental health support back then but even just in the last 10 years or so or even today how many people might be going through that breaks my heart a bit yeah. really yeah yeah 100 and we don't I think we do each other like a, such a disservice as women to not I mean as you said it's so much better now but to not talk about it like I don't remember I mean I remember you know being out with girlfriends talking about how I thought it was challenging and I wasn't, you know, but it wasn't you, I don't know. I didn't share the shame and I didn't share to how bad it was and to what extent I was like feeling really like all the, those dark things that you, you know, hear about when you talk about postpartum. And so, yeah, instead I just, you know, put, put a glass of wine in my hand and just like, Let's try to make the best of it. And the way to yeah. make it the best of it is obviously always through some sort of alcohol situation. Mm. Yeah. But you can also completely understand why uh, somebody would rely on alcohol in, in, that, in that situation. I think any traumatic event in life, um, alcohol sadly does a wonderful job of disconnecting yeah. you from that pain or that trauma um and just like you uh Christy I, I I've certainly when I look through my career of, of drinking there are many times where I've had disappointments and challenges and traumas and you know not being able to get pregnant or uh get, getting pregnant and then you know losing a baby or um having a baby but that baby having to go to nick and all these sorts of things and particularly I think challenges that, that that women specifically face around all this whole thing of 
having the career, having the kids, being the perfect mom, you know, and you can understand why all of that makes you gravitate to wine. <laughs> and yeah. it's about, and I suppose you must do this in your job as well, because I know we'll, we'll, we'll come on to this, you know, what you do um, and, and your business and how you help other people, probably especially women. But, you know, th- thank goodness that there are people and out there now that are just, like you say, holding hands with these people that are lost or have been through difficult situations or traumatic events. And it's just shining more of a light on it really. And saying, look, you don't have anything to feel ashamed of here. Like don't be, don't feel ashamed of what you're doing. You're just trying to cope. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's everything mounts up. So uh, like it's, it makes complete sense that we have to escape. But then when you turn to your left and to your right, and by that, I mean, to your friends or to your family or to the TV or to Instagram, Mm. it's all telling you the same thing that that alcohol is the answer, right? To check out from, from your trauma or whatever it is that you want to escape from everywhere you look. So of course we both got hooked. Yes. Like what, what else are we supposed to do? What else did we even see as an option? You know? Yeah, exactly. And it's like yesterday, somebody posted a comment on uh, the post that I posted yesterday um, and said that she'd had a really bad day and that she was feeling really frustrated that a colleague had said, you just need to go home and have a bottle of wine. Yeah. That was the advice that she she was being given by somebody that she worked with. And it's just that culture, isn't it? It's just that culture of, don't worry, alcohol will fix it. But it doesn't, as we know. <laughs> yeah, it so, doesn't, as we know. Yeah. At what, at what point for you did it become problematic? So I know, obviously, um, two kids. I mean, one one child is is a big shock, I think. <laughs> and then you have another child, and you obviously did very similar thing to me, quite close in age, a couple of years mm-hmm. between your two. It's the same mm-hmm. for me as well. And you know, it's it's like you. I don't know with, if it was like this for you. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's a bit like you're just sort of transported into this alien world where you just got these, you know, two young kids, very challenging. Um, and you know, I, I guess if as well, if you've got a partner that is uh, maybe working a lot, I, I was in that boat as well. And then my relationship broke down with 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 that. Um, yeah, that that relationship. So then I was on my own. And there's all these different variances that, that you know make make it more of a struggle. But mm-hmm. how did that lead to you kind of getting to the point where you stopped drinking? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there was the uptick with having kids, and yeah. then the 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 re, the thing that put me over the edge, so to speak, was my mom passed away. And so, and it was, I don't, I won't go too much into like the details because it's a long story, but like long story short, like growing up, she didn't drink at all ever. And, um, when I got married the year I got married. So when I was 25, she started drinking and it totally changed her personality. It changed our relationship. It was kind of like she hit the self-destruct button. Um, her father, um, committed suicide and she leaned into the drinking as a way to cope and to escape and it just broke our relationship oh. so I went from having like my best friend who even through you know living abroad I would talk to every single day you know go from my best friend to someone I didn't recognize that I didn't understand and I didn't even want to even some days speak to God. and um and so 
when she passed away, it was like, thankfully on that particular day, we were kind, we were kind of in a good place, but I, I did not know how to handle the grief of that. So I did exactly what she did. And I just hit the self-destruct button. And for two years, from March 2018, literally to the day to March um, 9th, 2020, 2018 to 2020, I just drank. I drank. I didn't want to be home. didn't want to be with my kids. I wanted to be out in London. I wanted to be with my girlfriends, whether it was around the corner at the pub or in Mayfair or wherever it was. I just wanted to be out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel any of the feelings at all. And I remember one particular day waking up hungover as usual and just thinking, okay, what do I have today? And I was also trying to work and obviously had the kids. Thankfully I worked from home, but, um, and I looked at my phone and I had a lunch with a girlfriend at like noon and I was like okay I can make it to noon we can get the rosy open and then Mm. I'll be okay again and then I was like what (laughs) what you know the other voice came in at that point and was like did you just say that to yourself you know what I mean really yes it's scary and then and then it was just it wasn't even and it wasn't a rock bottom bottom Mm. it really wasn't like a rock bottom it was a consistent just like drinking and by the way everything looked really glamorous on instagram nobody thought i had a problem nobody pulled me up on my drinking it all looked okay i was hiding it very very well um and yeah just on the anniversary of her death two years on i woke up with a hangover and i was just like i can't do this anymore i'm tired Mm -hmm. i don't want i don't know what it means maybe i'll just try a dry january type 30 days situation again i don't know but i just have to stop Wow. And so I just, I just, I just said, I'm going to stop for a minute. And then we went into lockdown, as you know. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And thankfully, I just went down this rabbit hole of like reading all the Quitlet, you know, and finding all the things and finding people to listen to podcasts and following sober Instagram and all of this, all of this stuff. And I was, And then I started getting vocal about my journey on my personal page and people, as you know, like people Mm. responded and were like, oh, oh my gosh, wait, how many days has it been? Are you sleeping better? Did you lose, are you losing weight? Oh my gosh, your skin looks so good. (laughs) You know, all of that, all of that stuff. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm going to keep talking about this. Yes. Um, So yeah, it kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. Um, So yeah. So first of all, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear of your loss that that must be really 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 difficult and it's a very different story to be honest isn't it to you know to have a mother that didn't drink and then obviously she had that trauma which is so heartbreaking as well and couldn't cope and yeah. then you know and 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 then it kind of yeah caused her to go into self-destruct mode and and it's just that's really tough. That's really tough for you. That's tough for your kids. I mean, all of that is so, so difficult. So you know, massive respect to you for stopping and for getting to where you are in this wonderful place that you're at now. Um, but yeah, there is a huge appetite, I think. And we were saying this, weren't we, just before we actually came on to click record onto the podcast, that there is this real appetite out there where lots and lots of people, I think they're getting to this kind of almost a bit sliding doors moment, this kind of crossroads where they're drinking and drinking. They're not necessarily, you know, alcoholics or have alcohol use disorder, but 
they're just drinking more than they want and they're just feeling a bit rubbish from it and they're really kind of just stopping and stumbling on accounts like yours and mine and just kind of starting to question their drinking and I just I think that's amazing and I love that we are really similar in that we have been vulnerable and I don't know if you can remember what that was like in the beginning but when I look back over my old Instagram kind of 50 100 days in it was all quite positive and light and fluffy which is absolutely fine because that's how I needed to cope with that at the time it was all kind of like feeling great like loving this and enjoying this and that and you know yeah there's a few down days but blah 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 um and then it's there was a bit of a shift and I kind of turned the light inwards and just thought right I'm just going to talk about my experience which is a little bit more dark maybe or um challenges and and that stuff people just seem to really absorb and love and I and I think the more I was vulnerable the more it was being appreciated and that helped yeah. me to be more vulnerable if that makes sense yeah 100% um, and it was a it was a surprise to me and I and the byproduct of that is that I found that incredibly healing to I wasn't expecting that but to know yeah. that people liked hearing my stories it kind of validated it just helped to reinforce the validation that I I was you know a good person trapped in a bad cycle that that's all it was it's not that I'm yeah. a bad person and yeah. all those thoughts and feelings you have at the time when you're trapped in your drinking isn't it you know yeah. you that, that, all those sort of negative negative thoughts so when you woke up, and I really, really relate to that because I was exactly the same, wasn't a massive rock bottom, just woke up, suddenly something clicked and I felt really tired of my yeah. drink. I just had enough. What did yeah. you do? What did you do to support yourself and get yourself sober? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't even know it was going to like lead to obviously where it led to, but I, I just started with Unexpected Joy of Being Sober by Catherine Gray. Um, funny side story. I, a friend, uh, one of my best friends actually was, uh, one decided after we had been drinking all summer together that she needed to take a September off. And so she was going to take a sober September. She was going to read that book. And I just was so mean to her. I was so mean to her. I was like, you, I can't believe you're doing this to me. How could you do this? You're my drinking buddy. All I have since gone back and apologized (laughs) (laughs) big time. Um, but anyways, I, I knew the book because, um, she was reading it. And then, you know, thank goodness to Amazon, because after that, I got served up all the ones that we normally do. And uh, the next one was Annie Grace, um, This Naked Mind. And it just, you know, she opens with it's 3am and I'm wide awake and I'm just like, oh, it's me. Um, And the science and the Mm -hmm. science was what really pushed it over the edge for me, because, you know, like we were talking about as busy and and moms that have gone through a lot in our lives, it makes so much sense, obviously, to want to numb out and check out from our lives because of everything we're going through. When I learned how that actually works physically, neurochemically, in the brain and all of that stuff, and that that kind of high that we end up chasing only really lasts, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, and then we're just like totally screwing our stress levels and all these things, mm. I was like, this makes no sense. (laughs) This makes no sense. Yeah. And I learned that in conjunction, like in lockdown, (laughs) I learned that in conjunction with feel like starting to gradually 
gradually feel better. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is like magic and sleeping yes. for the first time properly. And, 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 you know, it didn't happen. It didn't happen within the first 30 days. I have to say that. Yeah. Like, I love that when you sent over the questions, it was like, what is the first hundred days like? Because I think that's so much more realistic mm. because you have to like experience your hormones rebalance. You have to get your circadian rhythm back. You have to do all these things that really, you know, start to actually heal your body to reap the benefits. You know, mm. 30 days is great. Don't get me wrong. If you're going to do 30 days, that's awesome. But I think if you can really stick beyond that, you can yes. really start to see what it's all about, right? <laughs> oh, you're you're absolutely right. I think as well, I mean, I, I would say about six months is where I think the magic really starts to happen. And so I agree completely with you. But I understand sometimes people get overwhelmed by even totally. six months. Feels like a yeah. really huge target. But yeah. um, and you might have seen this. I know that you work, you coach people, and you work with people. But I think six months is that sort of magic time period where the jigsaw puzzles just start to arrange themselves. The pieces go into the right order, if that makes sense. And and I think what you've done by six months as well is. Um, I kind of describe it like an evidence cup. You need to fill up your evidence cup. In yeah, I love the, that. Yeah, where where you need to have experiences sober more than one time. So maybe three times mm-hmm. or four times, whatever it is, whether that's telling people you're not drinking or um, going out um, and socializing with people that you used to drink with perhaps and just all those different things you need to fill up your evidence cup to prove to yourself that you can do it and really enjoy it and once you've got six months in you've almost got enough of that cup to sort of think actually now I can really project and I can see that if I carried on and this evidence cup keeps filling up that you know maybe in a year's time it will be almost to the top and and you know when you've got that full cup I think that's when you're you've get you've got the real freedom then because at that point then I think you can say do you know what? I'm definitely not going back. But until that point, so so I agree completely. I think 30 days is awesome um, and very difficult to get to, right? You know, if, yeah. if you're struggling to put the drink down, which most of us do, 30 days is hard, but it is um, but it is kind of achievable. 100 days, I think at 100 days, you've certainly got at that point enough of the benefits. So it's still very challenging, but there's still enough benefits, isn't there, to kind of spur you on to that six months. At six months, I think there is a, a, an internal shift that that it just becomes very, very realistic that this could be your way of life. And But it's also a very, very happy thought. You know, it's not something you're, you're dreading. Um, yeah. So, um, what was the first hundred days like for you then? So if you think back, you were doing the the reading and I agree with you, actually, the science blows my mind. I, I still am hooked on learning the brain science. To be honest, some of it's quite complicated and I have to like read it and read it and listen to it over and over again yeah, before it yeah. kind of goes in. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I understand. Like endorphins, dinorphins, like da, da, da. But you know, some yeah. of it's quite, I mean, it's, it's kind of complicated, but you're obviously a data person as well, being a law, uh, law graduate. So you, I can, I can totally see why that would, you know, you would anchor yourself on that data. But, um, what was that first hundred days like for you? Yeah. So um, I always joke that it was my little self-imposed rehab because at that time we were only allowed to leave our house for one yeah, like walk a day. Yes. So I live right 
if I Battersea Park in London and I would walk uh, my dog and I would have a, either an audible book or a podcast in my ear and I would like just, I literally, I mean, I probably like actually made grooves in the pavement, right? Because I would just do that lap over and over and over again while learning. And, um, and it just like, it just made, the more I learned, the more it made sense yeah. and the better I felt. Um, I, I made myself a mocktail Every night at five, we called the a pink lady in this house, and it was cranberry juice, uh, ginger ale, and a splash of like just fresh lime. So you know, it was that whole switching it up, making sure like you know there was a mark to the end of the day, which we you know you had to do during lockdown, especially. But and then I also got really into face masks and hair masks, um, and so I would you know like I just have some fun beauty thing going on and. I made sure that I was still feeling like I was doing something for myself in the form of like self-care, you know, at the end of the day, because I think that's so important to yeah. interrupt that pattern. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really funny because, you know, as far as the first hundred days of sleep, when I first stopped drinking, I literally slept like a dead person for the first like week or so. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is it. But it, I think it was just because I was so exhausted from decades of not sleeping, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it went like totally haywire when it's up and down. And I was like, what happened to the good sleep that everyone promised me? And clients say this to me all the time too. They're like, you said I was going to sleep better. I was like, just wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah. if you think about it, like when you're jet lagged, you know, it, ta it takes a while to yes. get back into yes. this proper rhythm your yeah. brain literally doesn't remember what it's like to fully shut off mm. and get the proper amount of REM sleep you know and so yeah. I just I started sleeping so much better and it was amazing and um and yeah just just kept feeling better but kept learning kept connecting with people kept documenting the whole thing um on my Instagram and it wasn't actually I mean so that was March at the end of the year so a, further on than 100 days is when I got the um, email from this naked mind, which was like, we are, we, you know, we're bringing in a new class of coaches, would you like to join? And I was like, Oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I totally want to do this. <laughs> amazing. It's like the sign, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Brilliant. It was like, I rem I'll never forget when that email came through. I'm like, Oh, my gosh, yes, like I can do what I've been doing on Instagram already but actually have the proper foundation and coaching knowledge to help women through this. And Amazing. women that look like, you know, let, that like, you know, I think it's so important. And I think this is why both of us have, you know, garnered a, whatever you call it, a following on Instagram, because finally there are moms in their forties talking about this. Right. And before you just couldn't find anybody like that looked or talked or what lived where we lived or anything like that. It was all, mm -hmm the opposite. And so yes. I just think it's so cool that we get to, to find other moms like us that are struggling like this. And it's yeah. so, as you know, so rewarding. Yeah, it is. It is really rewarding, isn't it? It's, it's a lovely thing to do, I think, to give back and to try and help to guide people through what is such a steep uphill journey really you know it's like pushing water up a hill trying to break free from the clutches of alcohol not just because there's the you know obviously there's the addiction side or whether that's you know whether you like using that phrase or I always think I was very emotionally dependent on alcohol because I used yeah. it for all different kinds of situations um 
But yeah, it's it's it, it is it is difficult because of all the social conditioning. And I mean, I I don't know about you, but I go onto the sort of what is it like the homepage on Instagram where it brings up stuff that it thinks you want to see. You know, all the yeah. algorithm. And um, there's lots of content relevant for me, which is fantastic because I get to explore. The, but there is still so many. I cannot mm-hmm. tell you how many reels I see of like mums running down the street with mm-hmm. the bottle of wine, yeah. trying to pour the wine into their glass. And it just being like, you know, my friend invited me out for play day drinks. And there's just so much of that as well. And I get like drawn into that because I get really frustrated by it. I don't have to yeah. stop myself from looking at it because I just think I know I used to love that content, but I had a problem and I yeah. just, I know that I was trapped in denial. And so whenever I look at these sorts of reels and everyone, and I look at the comments as well, I'm a bit obsessive really. I look at the comments and people are going, ha ha ha, that's yeah. so funny, you're so great. This is so true. And they're tagging all their mates. I just, I'm always thinking how many of you are really waking up tomorrow hating yourself? And yeah. look, don't mean that in a judgmental way. Don't get me wrong. But it just, it just, it upsets me to see that conditioning that reinforces and validates problematic drinking behavior because, yeah. because people don't know how to get out of it. Or they just, you know what? They're just not really, they're not connecting the dots. They don't know that all the problems that they've got in their life and all the feelings of feeling rubbish or the anxiety or the bad sleep, they're just, they're not able to connect the dots that actually the majority of that is coming from your alcohol use. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, gets a bit frustrating. Um, What would you say was the hardest bit about getting sober? Yeah. um, Two things. Um, I think one of the most important steps, right, in kind of breaking free from alcohol is to examine your whys and why you're drinking. And we've talked a lot about a lot of them today. Um, and so I slowly had to like pick apart all of the reasons that I was drinking. And obviously, you know, when when you're drinking to relieve stress and you read that it's actually doing the opposite because it's increasing your adrenaline and cortisol levels, that's an easy one to be like, oh, okay, well, that's just the total opposite. Mm. The the belief that I held on to the longest to the bitter end was that you needed alcohol to have fun. Yes. And I really, really, that was the one that was the hardest for me. And as you, as you said, like, this is why it's so important that it's a hundred days because when you go out and you do those things, you have to hit it from all angles mm. and you have to hit it from all angles, like multiple times, right? You have to go out with your girlfriends and realize you can sit at a table with them at a restaurant and survive. But then you have to also realize that you can sit at that table and have fun, if not more fun than yes. you were when you were drinking. And that takes time. It and does. it means putting yourself in those situations. And listen, the first ones are awkward as, as all get out, right? I mean, the mm. first barbecue that I went to when we were released from captivity over <laughs> here in lockdown was, I think I ran around and told every single person they were going to die and get cancer because they were drinking. Like I was a, <laughs> I was a hot, hot mess. It was the opposite of what you should do. But I was just like, you know, I was like a baby bird on my legs. I didn't know what I was doing. I, you know, I didn't even know. I didn't know how I was supposed to hold my Diet Coke. I didn't know anything. And now it's just second nature and so easy and more enjoyable. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the hardest thing for me. And then the other thing is just other people. I think I I know that I stayed stuck for longer than I probably needed to be stuck because I was so concerned about what other people were going to think. And I remember standing in the shower 
listing the people that were in my life, the girlfriends that I thought, okay, that person will probably be okay with this decision. That person probably won't be okay with this decision. That person, I'm probably going to lose. This person, I'll, I think she's going to, we'll make it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that kept me stuck for, I think, longer than I needed to be stuck. But it ended up being, and I'm sure you feel the same way, such a blessing because I found my people. I know who my ride or die people are. And I have met people with mm. now with similar values. And, you know, when you when you get alcohol out of the way, there's no room for like fluffy small talk BS anymore, right? You get to yeah. talk like you and I are talking right now. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. real. Yeah. It's like we're really connecting. Like we're really sharing. We're really being open and vulnerable. And that's what relationships I think are all about. And so yeah. that was hard for me in the beginning. And I just tell clients like, listen, I know it's it's going to be weird and it's going to be wacky and it's probably you, you might lose a girlfriend, but what you gain on the other side is just it's so worth it, you know? Yeah. I think that's such an important message as well, Christy, that we are wired to think worst case scenario all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in and in my group at the moment as well, I'm I'm trying to encourage people to think, yeah, okay, of course you go to this thing and it might be uncomfortable. And like you say, I love that baby bird analogy. It's just so <laughs> funny because you are weird and awkward in those situations yeah. at the beginning. It's like, you just blurt it out, don't you? I remember telling mm-hmm. people, no, but I have a problem, but not really a problem problem, but I just can't, well, if I help, you know, and people would look at me and, I'm, and I could hear myself going, Terry, just shut up. You don't have <laughs> to over-justify yourself to anyone but when I get nervous I ramble on and on you know what I mean and I just sort of yeah I I swear sometimes I do this do that on this podcast as well but um (laughs) but yeah I I think that it's um you know it's so important to reframe your focus okay that thing might be challenging but hang on what might be the good stuff that comes out of that? You know, what are the the benefits that you can get from that? We we don't hard we're not not hardwired to think in that way, and it's about trying to encourage and foster those thoughts of actually, you might go to that event, tell people it might be fine. You'll walk away fresh. You'll remember all your conversations. You'll feel so proud of yourself. You'll go mm-hmm. home. You'll get a good night's sleep. You'll wake up in the morning. You'll feel empowered. And all this other stuff, like we just push to the side and we don't even focus on because we're yeah. so worried. We're so worried about that potential thing that might be a bit rubbish. So yeah, I, I think, um, I think it, it it's good to go into uh go into these things with your eyes open and expecting a bit of baby bird flapping about <laughs> but also just trust yourself trust yeah. yourself to get yourself through it and who cares if you have a few hiccups and you over justify yourself who cares you know what in 3 years time you're going to forget <laughs> all that like I can't really overly remember all those conversations. I know I flapped a bit, but the, de- <laughs> the detail's gone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like totally. it's, it's not close to me anymore. I'm not connected to that version of myself. I've grown and grown and grown. And now yeah. I'm in a situation where it's just like you say, it's my normal. Not drinking yeah. is just my it's just my normal. Um what's been the biggest gain for you? If there's just yeah. one thing, you know, a bit. <laughs> I I 
I have a few. <laughs> um, I think first of all, like freedom and freedom from just like that, that, you know, we talk about in like the, this naked mind community, like liberation versus fixation. And, and when you're trying to control your drinking, when you're, when you haven't let, when you haven't let go all the way counting drinks, or you're only trying to drink on certain days, or you're trying to drink water in between drinks or whatever your drinking rules are when you're moderating, that headspace is just, it's exhausting. Mm. And so to have freedom from that, like opened up so much more for yeah. me than I could have ever, it sounds so cheesy, but that I really could have ever imagined. Like I just, it, like I just got to let go and, and experience this freedom and this sense of peace. And then the other thing that was wild to me, and again, it comes kind of back to the science, but like, you know, joy, like joy again. Because like, as we yeah. know, when we're drinking our baseline mood, it just gets lower and lower and lower because of everything we're doing to our bodies chemically. And so um, when I stopped drinking and like got through like the first, you know, I don't know, even know, maybe 30, 60, whatever, I just got more joyful. Like life became, I tapped back into like enjoying being with my kids, enjoying going for a walk, enjoying doing like everyday things. And mm -hmm. before the only things that were ever enjoyable were when alcohol was involved, yeah. you know? So yeah. it was, that was huge for me, huge. The joy thing, getting the joy back was just so awesome. And yeah. then, yeah, energy, sleep, all, I mean, so many things, but I think freedom and joy are the two big ones for me. Oh, they're so lovely as well. Like it is, it's hard to describe really isn't it yeah Until you start feeling that freedom and that joy um and I think that this is where the brain science kind of comes into play again you know when you have had years or decades of drinking you've conditioned your brain to mm -hmm. well to get used to those quick big artificial highs Mm -hmm. from, from mm -hmm. drinking the dopamine and so when you stop drinking the joy doesn't come straight away because it takes longer for that joy to sort of register because your brain's so used to hitting the massive big skyscraper dopamine highs that you got from alcohol so yeah going out in spring and seeing your first daffodil maybe pales a bit in comparison but that does develop as you come down from that artificial you know high that you've been hammering for god knows how long yeah. your natural dopamine you know it starts to grow and you do start to just see joy in very simple things i mean to be honest just waking up hangover free every day it's a joy <laughs> it's a joy in itself isn't it and it's something so that you know i meet people as i'm sure you do that have more years of sobriety under their belt um, than, than I do and they still don't take that for granted they still say yeah. god I always feel so grateful when I'm in a situation where people are drinking that that's not me or that are, you know I'm waking up on Christmas day you know feeling excited and well rested and not because I've been drinking port until 3am or whatever so yeah I just think that there's more subtle joys in life they become bigger but it does take time doesn't it to sort of rewire mm -hmm all of that when you've been so used to the big big artificial hits yeah yeah a hundred percent how has it changed your relationships with your well, your husband and your your children 
Yeah. I mean, with my husband, we don't get in stupid fights anymore because we've both been drinking, you know, (laughs) I I joke, um, I joked with a client this week that I used to, we get in some stupid fight because we both had too much wine and I would get in bed and I would, you're going to laugh. Take no take notes on my phone, of course, with like one eye because I was drunk <laughs> about like what I was mad about. Oh no, so that I could so that I could bring it up in the morning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because God. I really wanted to win that argument, whatever yes. it was it about. And then of course you wake up in the morning, you can't read it, you have no idea what you even wrote, and it was just so dumb. It oh, was just so God. dumb. It was so dumb. <laughs> It's so toxic though as well, isn't it? Like being in that mindset, you know, which, yeah, could I could totally remember being in that sort of, I think towards the end, I also used to, I don't know if this happened to you, but I think I kind of weirdly became quite aware of not enjoying my, my drinking. I would almost write notes to myself sometimes to read the next day, like just stop drinking, just don't, you know, just don't do that. And you'd sort of wake up and think, what? (laughs) It's like, quite mad to think that you were so out of it that you couldn't remember writing that note but yeah that's that's quite funny so you so that's yeah what about your with your kids how has it changed the relationship with them yeah well I mean I enjoy them (laughs) so much more (laughs) I like I love being with them um I just I really do I mean I'm not trying to be like cheesy again but I just I really do hanging out I enjoy hanging out with them and watching them grow I think um I realized that I missed a lot of it you know mm-hmm. um just because I was like drinking all the time like summer mm-hmm. days you know we go to Los Angeles every summer where I grew up we go to the same beach and the kids do a camp there every year and every summer they're a different color that's associated with a different sea animal And I just remember going back my first year, not drinking and thinking to myself, I missed everything from the turtles to the stingrays because I was sitting on my lounge chair over there with the whispering angel. And I was just totally checked out. And again, nobody ever said anything. Nobody ever thought there was, everybody was doing it. You know what I mean? But I was just like, I didn't get it. Like I do now. I didn't like, I just didn't. Yeah. It's just different. And so I think I, I was able to see the difference of like, not, you know, trying to be a good parent, but not really wanting to be there because wine was the priority mm-hmm. um, versus like, oh, actually like looking at them being like, oh, you're such incredible little humans. And now yeah. you're growing up so fast and it does go by so fast and we don't get as much time with them as we think they do because they do grow up so fast. And so yeah. I just don't want to miss any more of it. You know, yeah. I really don't want to miss any more of it. Yeah, t- I yeah, completely understand that. I think when I was drinking and my kids were really small and I think probably especially around the time where I was um I was on my own for for a little bit like I said I, I was a single parent for a while and I just think in that time I really hated being a parent yeah and I, I remember going like meeting with my girlfriends and saying they would be talking about funny things that you know I don't know that their kids are doing or whatever and I would, I remembered saying things like, I just really, really hate parenting. I like, yeah. I really, really don't enjoy it. Um, yeah. And, the, and I, and I remember them looking at me a bit like, oh, okay. You know, and I, I, I just, I felt really lost and alone, even with my closest friends. I think sometimes I just, I didn't realize that was really just because of the drinking. Do you know what I mean? I just, I, I just thought, yeah, I, I like you, I didn't connect the dots really. And I think now I, I do, I love parenting. And don't get me wrong, it's really hard. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still lose my shit. Yeah. Uh, every week. Yeah, me too. Me uh, too. Um, <laughs> but, but I just, I've got more, I've just got, I've got more time and patience for it most of the time. Whereas before when I was drinking, I just think I was quite burnt out, tired. And my default was to just like, yeah, just kind of lose my head with it all really and get angry and just feel resentful. And all I wanted to do is just get them out of the way so I could just to have time for me <laughs> yeah them a bit but yeah that yeah. is really nice isn't it when you when you and you're right I mean yeah my one of my kids is my eldest is nine now and I was looking through some photos the other day and I was just thinking oh my goodness even sort of two years ago when my youngest was was born um my two children just look like babies next to them now whereas now they're kind of they're just they're sort of striding into that pre-teenage and Mm -hmm. you know now they you know they don't want anything rainbow they want everything black for Christmas and it's just like they're really changing and 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 it's just quite shocking isn't it it is quite shocking it that kind of passage of time it just goes very fast and that's why I think it's so lovely when you put the drink down and you get yourself emotionally sober and you learn to reconnect with life and appreciate life for how you should appreciate it you just realize how precious all this time is don't you a hundred percent a hundred percent so what top top three tips would you have for people that are getting sober or yeah trying to trying to stay alcohol free yeah um the first one definitely is like Above all things, give yourself so much grace and so much compassion. And I really think that you do not, if you, if you go for a stretching or not drinking and then you have a drink, like in the This Naked Mind community, we call that a data point because what we use it for is to learn so much of like what, okay, not in a judgment way, not in any sort of way like that. Just like, okay, so how was your day that day? What, like, what did you give yourself time for yourself? All this, all these things, what were you thinking? What was the reason? And they're actually, those data points end up being like gold because you learn so, so much. Mm. So give yourself grace and compassion. If you've gone for a stretch and then you have a drink, try to learn from it and don't reset the counter. (laughs) I have a client, we've been working together. You know, she had gone for, for 80 days, alcohol free and day 81, she had a rough day and had a drink. And I said, okay, today's, today is day 81. You know, the next day is day 81. And she's like, I don't have to go back to day one. And I was like, no, this is, this is not about perfection. This is about yes. progress. This yeah. is about the fact that you've been 80 days without drinking. What can we learn about what happened after that? And let's start again and like not start again, but you know, like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you yes. don't have to reset the counter, like, I don't know where we came up with this whole thing of like, you have to be perfect. And if you're not perfect, you're not doing better. Mm-hmm. If you can just get curious and give yourself grace, if you do have a slip up or a data point, I think that is huge. Yeah, I think that is huge. And then yeah. secondly, I think the science learn, you know, learn the science. If you're, if you're geeky, great. If you're not like, there's still so much I mean, we talk about science on our Instagrams, you know, mm. there, there's ways to break it down and make it understandable and relatable. Yeah. Um, but just learn what it's doing for you because it, the science smashes some of those really strongly held beliefs that we have mm. about using it for, you know, anxiety or using it for sleep. I thought I needed red wine to sleep. As soon yes. as I learned that it was doing the opposite, it was like, well, that's not a reason anymore. You know? Yes. So true. <laughs> so true. And then finally, just, I think 
have it, have a community or, you know, or, and that includes coaching, you know, join something like what you've set up with thrive, come find it. Like what I'm doing as a one-on-one coach, or I also do groups, you know, but talk to somebody because they're, we like so much of what is impactful, I think is just being able to sit across from somebody on a zoom call, like you and I are even doing right now and just being open and talking about our stories and knowing that you're not alone. And if that's one thing I could impart to your listeners, it's just like, you're not alone. Like, look at Terry and I, like we probably had, you know, very similar struggles to you and you're not alone. And so reach out, find a community, find a coach, um, and just get connected to, to someone. There are so many cool people out there now to talk to about this stuff. Oh, I think that's amazing. Really, really good advice. So let's talk a little bit about the services that you offer and where we can find you um, to get more connected to you. Yeah, sure. So I'm super active on Instagram um, at Love Life Sober with Christy. Um, Christy is C-H-R-I-S-T-Y. And then my website is lovelifesober.com. Um, I run one-on-one um, coaching. And then I also do groups twice a year. The next group's going to be launching in surprise, surprise in January. January, yeah. <laughs> Great time of um, year. Yeah. And it's dry January and beyond. And so I'm, again, you know, we said 30 days is great, but I want, I want to take you a step further and I'm going to, I'm going to, I want you to come for 90, 90 days yeah, and see what brilliant. we can do together and see how much better you feel. So all that information is on the, on the website and my Instagram page. Oh, yeah. perfect. Oh, you're doing fabulous work, Christy. Really, really important You too, work. babe. Yeah, too. thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I've got one extra little question for you. I might add this uh, to my to my podcast. What would you say to yourself, to the version of you that was on day one now, mm. now, now based on where you are? What would you yeah. say? I would probably say... I feel like crying. Um, you have no idea how good it's going to get. That's what I would say. You have no idea how good it's going to get. You have no idea what is in front of you. And it's so good. Don't you make me cry a bit there. <laughs> Ridiculous. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think that's beautiful. I, 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 it's so difficult to explain, isn't it? It's so difficult. We're trying our hardest to we explain are. it in this short hour um, that people are connected to this podcast. Um, but you really do have no idea. Yeah, you've, it's a beautiful way to end end the talk. Aww. And we're both like going to start crying in a minute. So we, we better go. All right. Thank you so much. Of course. Of thank course. you for honesty. Uh, you're absolutely brilliant. Uh, like I said, I'm delighted to have got the chance to talk to you and um, keep doing your fabulous work. Oh, right back at you, babe. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> and thank you, everybody, as always, for listening. Uh, I do really appreciate your support and keep spreading the word about this podcast and get it in front of somebody that you think might benefit from hearing it because that's a nice way for people that are maybe feeling a bit challenged with their drinking it's a nice gentle step into this wonderful world so thank you very much everyone thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you're interested in being a guest please contact me directly on instagram by sending a message to at sassy sober mum You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. 
If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.